0: Disappointment and ridicule. Month after month. Year after year. Bucket of tears after bucket of tears. Oh, she loved the Lord. And she understood the power and authority that he had over all of the universe. In fact, that's why she struggled. That's why the tears were flowing. She knew God was good. She knew gifts, or or children, are gifts from the Lord. So her question was, why am I barren? Why haven't I been able to get pregnant? Why doesn't God hear my request? He could do it if he wanted. <laughs> you know what? I'm way ahead in the story. So, so let me pray before we open up First Psalm, our first Samuel, and then we'll head over to Psalms in just a little bit. Let's pray. Father, we thank you again for your grace. We thank you for the opportunity to celebrate life, the opportunity to partner with young couples. We are grateful again, God, for the way that you have worked in their lives and the gifts that you have given them. Yet, Father, we come, well, we're in all different spots in our life. Some of us are connected well to God, and some of us are angry at you. And some of us wonder about your power. And your authority. We're here to celebrate moms. And if we're honest, there too. Uh, some of us have had really awesome, wonderful, terrific moms. And some of us, our moms haven't even been around. Or they've neglected, or they've abused. So God, we, we come to you this morning with mixed Emotions. And we want to hear from you. We want you to talk with us. We want you to encourage us this day. So as we open your word, open our minds so that we might be able to be strengthened by your grace. Lord, we know that there's a multitude of churches and believers all over, not only this area and this state and this country, but our world. And we know some of them are hurting and suffering, especially those in Ukraine and in Russia. We ask you, dear God, that you would encourage your church, that you would strengthen your body, and that we would be able to be salt and light wherever you send us. We pray today as we open up your word that you would enlighten us. We love you, Lord, and pray all these things in your son's name. Amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel chapter 1. Now, the majority of the scripture I'm going to use today is right in your bulletin. And the reason that we do that is that it will be really important for each of you to be able to follow along. And sometimes it's a little bit hard, whether it's in your Bible or on the screen, so we tried to make it easy. But we start our story in 1 Samuel chapter 1, Starting at verse 2. Elkanah had two wives, Hannah and Peninnah. Peninnah had children, but Hannah did not. Elkanah lived over a thousand years before Christ's birth. He had two wives one had kids, and the other was barren. It's hard for us to understand this in in our culture. God's plan all the way through the scriptures has never been polygamy. But even harder to grasp, at this time, in this culture, a woman's worth was dependent upon her ability to have children, especially sons. You see, children were cherished. They were gifts from God. So one of the greatest privileges God would give a husband and a wife would be a child. Jesus himself chose to elevate the status of both women and children when he was here on this planet. It's interesting. We find this story in Mark chapter 11. It's just about the time when Jesus was going to be brought to trial and sent to the cross crucified laid in a tomb and was resurrected 3 days later near the end of his ministry again throngs of people would just surround him wherever he would go and the scripture tell us in mark that Jesus was traveling along and there were a bunch of people that brought their children to Jesus, and just wanted Jesus to bless them. Well, the disciples, you know, they were all around Jesus, and and the Scriptures tell us that the disciples made it really hard for the children to get to Jesus. In fact, they said, hey, why don't you guys go away? It's really interesting, but the Scriptures say that Jesus got angry. He he looked at his disciples, and he said, hey, I, I just want you to know, Children are really, really important. They teach us so much about God and the kingdom. Bring them to me. And the scripture says that Jesus took them and blessed them. Blessed them. So we know that, well, not only to Jesus, but to the folks in this culture, children were really important. So you may understand Hannah's broken heart. Hannah was the wife that had no child. Peninnah only made things worse by taunting and making fun of her. And you can read some more of these uh, details in 1 Samuel chapter 1. Every year, Elkanah and his wives made an annual trip to the temple. It was a time where they would bring sacrifices. It would be a time where they worshipped God. And I'd like to read for you 1 Samuel starting at verse 9. And it is in your scripture uh, sheets that are in your bulletin right there. I'll start verse 9. Once after a sacrificial meal at Shiloh, Hannah got up and went to pray. Eli the priest was sitting at his customary place beside the entrance of the tabernacle. Hannah was deep in anguish, crying bitterly as she prayed to the Lord. And she made a vow Oh Lord of heavens, of, uh, O Lord of heaven's armies, if you will look upon my sorrow and answer my prayer and give me a son, then I will give him back to you. He will be yours for his entire lifetime, and as a sign that he has been dedicated to the Lord, his hair will never be cut. As she was praying to the Lord, Eli watched her. Seeing her lips moving, but hearing no sound, he thought she had been drinking. Must you come here drunk, he demanded. Throw away your wine. Oh, no, sir, she replied. I I haven't been drinking wine or anything stronger for I am very discouraged. And I was pouring my heart out to the Lord. Don't think I'm a wicked woman for I have been praying out of great anguish and sorrow. In that case, Eli said, go in peace. May God of Israel grant the request you have asked of him. Oh, thank you, sir, she exclaimed. Then she went back, began to eat again, and she was no longer sad. Hannah was in deep anguish and cried out bitterly to God. But have you ever been in this spot where emotionally you're so distraught that that words don't even come out? So that's what was happening. She was praying. Lips were moving, but nothing was coming out. And she made a vow. She said, God, God, if if you give me a son, I, I, will, I will give the son right back. He will be yours forever and ever and ever. Basically, in some ways, that's what happened a little bit today, is that... Our young families understood that their children are a gift from God. And and they're saying, hey, God, this is yours. Help us rear this young man in this case. Help us. Give us wisdom. We want this young man to grow up to love you and respond to you. Well, the scriptures tell us that Eli, the priest, was watching and literally thought Hannah was drunk. And here this clergyman comes up and confronts her. Hannah protested respectfully, but she said, hey, I'm so discouraged. I've been pouring my heart out to God. I have been praying with great anguish and sorrow. At that moment, Eli understood and said, Go in peace. May the God of Israel grant you the request you have asked of him. Hannah at this moment enthusiastically thanked Eli, left the tabernacle there happy, and began to eat. As you continue to read, which we're not going to go over specifically, but you will find out that in due time she gave birth to a son. And she was excited. She was happy. But Elkanah remembered the promise. And and so did Hannah. But in the very beginning, at least while Samuel was being nursed, she didn't make that annual trek to the tabernacle. She, She didn't go, she stayed at home. She knew that this would be a difficult choice. She knew she had vowed and promised to God, and God, well, blessed her with a son. But what she also knew is that it would just take a lot of faith after these few years of rearing and loving Samuel to give him away. Especially as you read through these scriptures, Eli the priest wasn't a very godly man, and he wasn't a very good father at all. So she would be handing Samuel her precious gift over to a man that didn't do such a good job with his own sons. Hannah would need to trust God with her son's life. Can you imagine how difficult this is? would be. But what is really exciting to know, even in those first years, those primary years, Samuel began to know about God, learn about God, understand about God. Hannah was such a gift to Samuel. After a few years, Hannah keeps her promise. In first Samuel chapter 1, verse 28. Let me read. Now I am giving him to the Lord, and he will belong to the Lord his whole life. And they worshiped the Lord there. Hannah knew and trusted God, but I bet when the time came for them to go back home, (laughs) it had to be a long road, wouldn't it be? leaving this boy and going home, even though she knew it was right and she could trust her God. You know, today is Mother's Day. We celebrate moms. And it is such a wonderful day, especially when you have a wonderful mom. But I also know, as you heard as I prayed, that this is a hard day for some. Some who have recently lost their moms. Some who de- desperately want to be a mom and it's not happening. Or your mom left or abused or abandoned you. It's hard to be thankful in this case. But we do want to thank God for those moms and their sacrifices who really made an impact, who made a difference. And Hannah is one of those mother's hall of famers. You know what? There are so many amazing things about Hannah. There there are. And and you can look and, and how she trusted God and how she prayed and how she just knew that God was part of her life. In spite of the hard times, in spite of the the difficult situation, she still trusted God. In fact, as I see this, I think she's part of the Hall of Fame because she knew and she trusted God. She understood God. In fact, she worshipped God. We're going to turn to Psalm 103 now, because I think the psalmist describes God in a way that Hannah understood. Psalm 103. You can follow along in your scripture sheets. I've asked Sharon, my wife, to read this psalm. So Psalm 103.
1: Let all that I am praise the Lord. With my whole heart, I will praise his holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. He forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. He redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things. My youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord gives righteousness and justice to all who are treated unfairly. He revealed his character to Moses and his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and merciful, slow to get angry, and filled with unfailing love. He will not constantly accuse us nor remain angry forever. He does not punish us for all our sins. He does not deal harshly with us as we deserve. For his unfailing love toward those who fear him is as great as the height of the heavens above the earth. He has removed our sins as far from us as the east is from the west. The Lord is like a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who fear him. For he knows how weak we are. He remembers we are only dust. Our days on earth are like grass, like wildflowers. We bloom and die. The wind blows and we are gone, as though we had never been here. (coughs) But the love of the Lord remains forever with those who fear him. His salvation extends to the children's children of those who are faithful to his covenant, of those who obey his commandments. The Lord has made the heavens his throne. From there he rules over everything. Praise the Lord, you angels, you mighty ones who carry out his plans, listening for each of his commands. Yes, praise the Lord, you armies of angels who serve him and do his will. Praise the Lord, everything he has created, everything in all his kingdom. Let all that I am, Praise the
0: Lord. God is like the perfect parent. We all desire to be perfect parents, but, but we fail at times. But, but God doesn't. God is wise, and God is strong, and God is gracious, and God is merciful. But we look as through this psalm, we find out, first of all, God forgives my sins and redeems me from death. He has removed my sins. Now the psalmist here is talking as a God follower. Each one of us can have our sins forgiven. The scriptures tell us that all of us have sinned, all of us have broken a relationship with God, and that we have a privilege because of what Jesus did on the cross. He died in your place and in my place so that he would pay the debt for our sin. He did that because of his love, and this God forgives our sins. Anyone that comes to him, anyone that receives Christ as his Savior puts their faith in him and not only forgives them, but removes them so that each of us might be able to go to God daily and boldly, receiving strength and wisdom and guidance. The Scripture says that he heals my diseases and renews my strength. He takes care of me. We look and, and say, well, well, wait a minute. Does that mean if I'm one of God's kids, I have no cancer or I have no surgeries? Or That's not what the psalmist is saying. The psalmist is saying is that he is taking care of each one of us in his way, in a perfect way. And renews our strength every single day. He crowns us or gives us unfailing love. The Hebrew word here is hesed. It is this unbelievable, all encompassing love. A love that none of us deserve. But he says, I give that to you, and I will be tender, and I will be merciful, and I will be compassionate, and I will be slow to angry, and I actually will not deal with you the way you ought to be dealt with because of your rebellion. I read those verses, and I say, God, I'm overwhelmed by your grace, overwhelmed by your mercy, because I know what... I deserve. And you share with us, I I know you're fragile. I know who you are. But I, as a good father, will surround you. I will forgive you. I will uplift you. I will take care of you. Even if you don't understand my ways all the time, and even if you don't understand how I process things completely. Oh, but you can trust me because I am a good, good father. The scripture says that he fills our lives with good things. You know, sometimes as we go through especially hard times, we forget the blessings that God has given us. He makes things right For victims. Oh, oh Lord, Father, it, it just doesn't seem right. And God says, I will do this. And my salvation will extend to all generations. I rule over everything, I am king, I am sovereign. And then the psalmist says this, may everything and everybody praise the Lord because our God is so big, so amazing, so gracious, so loving, so kind. Yes, he is just. Yes, he judges. But he wants each one of us to be able to walk with him and have relationship with him. Actually, it's what every mom wants and every dad, a relationship. The problem is we don't have the power or authority that God does. And we do the best we can. But God does the best. So he says this, may everything and everybody praise the Lord. God is worthy to be praised. Now as I wrap up the message today, What I want you to kind of focus on is that our God is good and our God reigns and we can trust him. We can. Elkanah was faithful. In spite of the circumstances, it would have been day after day of Hannah coming to him. Well, why? Why? Why don't I have a child? Elkanah had faith in God and was supportive of Hannah during these hard times. <clears throat> Hannah was right. Kids are gifts, and life is precious. And we each have the opportunity to partner with those in our family, those outside of our family, in their upbringing. But why Hannah stands out? Why Hannah is so inspirational and in some ways convicting is that she looked at circumstances differently than so many of us. When things aren't fair for us, we focus on the not fair. When people have hurt us, we look at that and try to make things right in our own ways. Life was unfair to Hannah. And she went to God. She poured her heart out to God, not just one time, but over and over and over, in spite of the circumstances and ridicule. She prayed. And I guess that's one thing I want to encourage us today. Not only do moms need to be able to pray, Need to be able to go to God, be able to depend on Him and His strength and His wisdom and His timing. All of our parents, all of our workers have an opportunity to model what it means to trust God when things don't go well for you or for me. She prayed. She prayed. There's something that happens when we pray. Jesus, all the way through his earthly life, prayed. It's not as if we pray and then all of a sudden it's a little bit of a genie and and God just does whatever we ask. But it's this relationship and it's talking back and forth and having the ability to go boldly into the throne room of our almighty God. What a privilege. And also trusted God. You know the verse that affected me the most in this message was at the end of chapter 1 where she said she left the temple with joy and ate some food. She had been praying. She had been pouring her heart out. And Eli came up. First misunderstanding, but then understanding. He says, "Oh, well, you know what? May God hear your prayer." He didn't really say that it would be answered, although it did get answered. But it was at that time another God follower just said, "Hey, God's hearing you. God's listening to you," and somehow Hannah was able to take a turn. All of a sudden, instead of focusing on her situation, she trusted God. God, this is in your hands. I poured my heart out to you. I have asked you for this. You take care of it, God. And she got up. She ate. And she had joy. Now, the last thing she did, the last thing she did was praise God. Oh, it's so amazing. And and we didn't go into this a lot, but in, in 1 Samuel chapter 2, 1 Samuel chapter 2, the first part of it is Hannah praying. So right as she leaves Samuel off and right as she starts her way back home, the scripture says this, then Hannah prayed, my heart rejoices in the Lord. Not that I'm leaving my son. The Lord has made me strong. The Lord has given me courage to obey. The Lord has helped me. Verse 2, no one is holy like you, Lord. There's no one beside you. There's no rock like our God. And later on in that prayer, for all the earth is the Lord's and he has set the world in order. In verse 11, verse 11, then Elkanah returned home without Samuel, and the boys served the Lord by assisting Eli the priest. You know, what's exciting is this. No matter what our circumstances are, no matter what our desires are, no matter what is important to us, we have a God that cares and we have a God that is in control and he knows what pathway we ought to go and he knows what circumstances we need to walk through. So Hannah was one who was extremely joyful in spite of leaving Samuel. So we changed the service around a little bit. Not only do we want to honor families and honor moms, but we want to honor God. We have a great God, a wonderful God, an amazing God, and we want to praise God. And that's what we're going to do now. Father, I thank you again just for the reminders. Each one of us, Lord, have a tendency to focus on our stuff and our issues and things that aren't fair for us. But God, when we are part of your family, you are a good, good father, and you walk with us, and you strengthen us, and you empower us, and you guide us, and you give us wisdom. And although we always don't like your way, your way is good, and your way is right. God, we have so much to praise you for. We thank you that we can come to you and be part of your family through faith. We thank you that you walk with us through all the trials and joys of life. We thank you that you are God. Would you receive our praise now? We pray this in your name, amen.